It has been a long time. For 34 years, we have enjoyed the Dallas Video Festival, and Bart Weiss has been putting it on all that time, and it's grown, and it's had all these different venues, and the last one is coming up. The very last one starts the end of the month. And uh, Bart Weiss, the founder, the artistic director of Dallas Video Fest, joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. David, it's always a pleasure to be on with you and to talk to you and to listen to you and your brilliance. Wait a minute, 34 years? Did you think you were going to be doing this 34 years later? Well, when I started it, I didn't even know if I was going to be doing it the second year. Like, like, like what happened was the person who made the little bumper intro like said the first annual dallas video fest and i had not thought that there would be a second one but you had good i mean you started with good chub you started at the dallas museum of art yeah it's not as though you were you know using a video projector on the side of a building in deep elm or something well we couldn't do that back then projection was hard it was difficult it was a challenge and yeah the you know in the beginning the more the uh the museum was really instrumental to get us going. I mean, and I think my theory is that they sort of knew they wanted to do something with video art, but didn't quite know how to do it. And I sort of let them find a way to introduce it to the museum. But you know, the timing was great because I'm thinking back to 1986 and it was just probably four or five years earlier that Trammell Crow had sunk a bunch of money into the studios at Las Colinas. And everybody was talking about the Third Coast and that we were going to produce movies here. And they did. I mean, they, they were there a couple of three, you know, major movies that, that were shot here. And it really looked like this was going to take off. So it looked like the convergence of everything. It never quite happened. Well, there still is a lot of media being produced in, in Dallas. It's just there aren't as many feature films as there might be some other places, but there are commercials, promotional videos. We have a very vibrant um, community. But to your point about the, the timing, there were sort of a confluence of things. Obviously, there's that talk about the Third Coast and the sort of energy amongst that. But also the new technologies were emerging that were allowing people that couldn't afford otherwise to make films and videos to create this work and while there were there was the usa film festival that could show something shot in film which was expensive like these people that were creating this stuff from the ground up and using new technologies in different ways there was no effective way to screen that and and we have in our 34 years really pursued all these ways in which technology has changed and allowed artists to create different kinds of work from virtual reality to high definition to interactive media and video walls every kind of way there's a new technology we found a way to see how we can use it more effectively and artists can use it so you start uh thursday september the 30th and you're at the angelica film center which has jillions of screens it seems to be perfect for it and you're going to run until sunday october the third but this is documentaries is is yeah. this is this a migration that you have made oh. well first of all we're actually starting on wednesday night at the texas theater with the um with the the classic silent film um, man with the movie camera with an original score but also on this wednesday night event 
we're having this kind of joint memorial service for people in the film community who have passed away and haven't had a chance for people to gather together and to celebrate their lives, which is really kind of an amazing thing. But to the question about documentary, you know, the reality is the, the advantage of being like the artistic director and doing it as my festival is as, as my interests change and evolve, I kind of move in different kind of directions. There were there were years when like we were doing a lot of video art and some documentary and some narrative and then years when we were doing a little more narrative and then um, a few years ago I just split them all into separate festivals, a narrative festival, a documentary festival and an experimental festival and so it just turns out that the last one is a documentary festival and you know documentaries are now big business at the Angelica or any other theater in with more than say four screens, one of them will probably be a documentary on Netflix and yeah. Amazon. How many documentaries are out there? People are watching documentaries. Oh, but but also Bart, there's so many more outlets right now. I would think, I mean, you know, you, you had a handful of outlets 20 years ago, 30 years ago for documentaries, but now my gosh, there's a, there's a monster out there that needs to be fed, I mean, whether it's Hulu's or Netflix's or Paramount or HBO Max. The about that is that now that they are in theaters and they're sort of like uptown, they're they're noticed. The production value is much higher, and you notice that they have all this what I call hyper visualization, these incredibly visual things and style, and audiences are demanding more because they're seeing more. And, and so the, the form of documentary is evolving and changing. But it's cheaper but, to do that now, isn't it? I mean, it, it seems to me that what you, this very tech breakthrough, all these breakthroughs in technology that you're talking about has made it cheaper, less expensive to do quality right. work. But, but there's this interesting, yes, it is cheaper to shoot. I can take this mobile device and shoot. You're holding up an video. iPhone right now. Right. No, this is actually a, a Samsung S21. Okay. This one's the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're audio only, I, so I, I try to help out. Right. I know. I know. But I, I teach a class in, in mobile storytelling, but that's another story altogether. But, you know, the access to the material is cheaper. But as you're getting to larger audiences, you have to spend more in other directions. You have to pay lawyers to make sure that things are cleared. Mm. You have to have original music. So, so the demand has made it expensive. So the shooting part is, is less expensive, but they are, you can make documentaries inexpensively, but many of them are more expensive than they used to be. So why, why is this the, the, the very last Dallas video fest well for for one thing um i realized that i've been doing this for one half of my life <laughs> and i figured like really maybe i should do something else for the rest of my days it's also running a festival really is should be the purview of younger people when i started this i was a younger people and i'm no longer younger people and um but the other thing that's uh, is the, the festival world has changed here in Dallas. When we started, there was just us in the USA Film Festival. Now there are some 26 festivals in our area. Really? And, um, yeah. Well, if you take it to as far south as Waco and Fort Worth and Denton, right. 
there are all these other festivals. And then there are places like the Texas Theater, which is doing things that we would have done, but they get to do them because they have a theater and shows independent work. So I think what we pioneered and moved forward back in the day is sifting over into other places. So, um, you know, it's like, like there are other people that do this and that's fine. And I'm not going away. It's like I'm not just saying like I'm not doing anything. We'll stu still do the Ernie Kovacs Award. We'll probably do our Cat Festival. And if there's a film I want to see, I can make a deal and do it. I just am not having to build a universe that it takes to build a festival. And you've really and built a lot. Of, I mean, I think about it. So, so the, it, started, it started off at the museum, the Dallas Museum. Yeah. And then... It, at one point, then you were in, I know, Alamo Draft House, the studio movie yeah. grill, and then and then you had the theater center down on on uh, Turtle Creek. Turtle Creek. We were there for 10 years at the Dallas Theater Center. What a wonderful place. And then you, you were showing movies on the side of the Omni Hotel, I remember we talked about one year, which was a pretty <laughs> bizarre idea, and, and playing them on radio. So it's been, it's been a good run. So anyway, so... Uh, Arguably Wednesday the 29th through Sunday October the third, yeah. uh, the Dallas Video Fest. You can go online and and get tickets and and you probably ought to. And I, I admire what you do. You know I don't think I've ever confessed this to you. I actually produce two and uh, co-produce two two docs for PBS back oh. in the 80s. And and one of them we actually got a New York International Film Festival award for, but I hated it. It was just the very idea of taking like thirty hours of incredible video and having to cut it down to twenty eight minutes and fifty six seconds <laughs> was just. It was like, which of my arms do you want to take off? That's the. <laughs> it's the best. I mean, I I died for that shot, and you got to take it out. It was just a horrible thing. It's the, the joy and the curse of editing. And um, what's really bizarre for me personally, it's like I enjoy that process more than anything else. You're sick. Be because, because it gives me control. In the world when you're interviewing or shooting, you have to deal with weather and performance. Yeah. Yeah. In the editing room, if you're smart enough, you can come up with anything at all. And, and indeed, probably the biggest difference between documentary and drama is how much time you take in the editing room to shape something yeah. and to sort of find the story in the editing room. Well, we will have more time to see your stuff because <laughs> you'll have more time to do it. Bart Weiss, founder, artistic director of the Dallas Video Fest for one last time. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. David, it's a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.